0: Hey, everybody, it's Aaron from Corlane Sporting Goods, and this is Hunt Hard Talk Free. This episode is brought to you by Ballistics Custom Turrets, uh, North America's most precise and affordable custom yardage turret. On this episode, I've got Jason Paulphy and John Stewart joining us. <clears throat> and thank you guys for coming in for this episode. I really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, for sure. John's not as excited. <laughs> well, I'd like
1: to just verify something here. Like, we decided to do a podcast, and I'm like, do you guys you really want me in on this? And they're like, well, you don't have a choice. And I'm like, okay, what's a podcast? <laughs> I so did not ex- get that text. Aaron explained it to me, still didn't get it. So I asked Marsha and then she found some on the internet web. And then I still don't really know what it is, but <laughs> I'm here. It's strictly audio. Okay. Yeah. Okay,
0: cool. Yeah. This will also launch on YouTube as well for those that want to listen to it on YouTube and want to see so our ugly mugs. We're going to be
1: on the TV. We're going to be on the Google. On the the, the interweb. Oh, the inter interweb yeah. Google Googleator. Okay, cool. Yeah, the World Wide Web of awesomeness. <laughs> you get the AOL CD. You put it in your computer. Get out in of the tecuter box.
2: <laughs> the floppy or the hard drive?
1: I have no idea. <laughs> still trying to figure out my iPhone.
0: <laughs> so, getting back to uh, why we came in today, <clears throat> because Jason. Because you told me I had to. <laughs> <laughs> Jason, you own Riverjet Adventures. Yep. And Riverjet Adventures is the, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, you've got the only license to legally run people up. Is it the Musqua Kachika watershed or? Musqua
2: Toshoti. Okay. Musqua Toshoti watersheds. It's the only um, jet boat transportation. There are other means of transportation, flight or yep. or horseback, but mine's the only jet boat transportation on the Musqua and Toshoti watersheds. Okay. Into the Musqua Kachika Park. Right.
0: Right. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And what I that kind of covers it, but what area does your license cover? Is it strictly one river or multiple rivers or just those those
2: watersheds? Okay. Um a lot of a lot of people ask about the Gatho, the Gatho flows in, but it's classified as a creek. Oh, yeah. Right. So it's it's not covered under my license. Gotcha. So my license covers me from a uh, a uh, mark on the Musqua River. Yep. Goes all the way up to the top of the Musqua and then the Tishorty Gotcha. Up the lakes. <clears throat> How did you get into this business? Um, you know, it was something. When I come out of uh, high school, I had gone on a couple jet boat hunts, and I fell in love with it. I purchased uh, my first jet boat at the age of twenty-two years old, twenty-three years old, and never looked back. It was all about burning gas and seeing where a guy could go. And um, I'd I'd, I'd been up there a few times on my own. And met the previous owner of Riverjet and yep. thought it was a pretty cool lifestyle yep. to do. And uh, one day he uh, gave me a phone call and said it was potentially for sale. It's pretty cool that he reached out to you. <coughs> well, there had, there had been talks, right? Like I'd, I'd ran into him on the river yep. numerous times, you know, asking for help or seeing him at the boat launch or, or doing fuel runs at that time. And he, uh, so we, we had known each other. Yeah. And yeah, it was, it was kind of.
0: how and he our, knew you could drive a boat and
2: uh, he, he figured it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we always have our little battle rivals. We got a pretty good friendship over the, the sale of it. So.
0: That's pretty cool. We've, we've, we've never hit a rock. Yep. And you've now been doing it for what? How many years? Three, four, three, five. Three years. Three years. Three years. Okay.
2: Going 2021 will be our fourth season. Yeah. Okay. That Francis and I have had Riverjet.
0: Jet. Yep. So. And so Riverjet Adventures is a business that runs from... The
2: actual busy part of it is, is the last week of July. Yep. Sheep hunters want to get up into the hills to the first week of October. Um, I usually, you know, guys want to be up there elk, moose hunting. You kind of let them pick their dates, but it's on a will that if freeze up's coming early October, it's time to go home. Yeah. Um, but it's an all year round, like there's constant phone calls, emails, questions. It's, I I thought it would be a three month gig. Yeah. It's not, it's 10 and a half months. Not even like guys come out, it's, it's a full 12 months Yeah. after it's all said and done guys, guys, you know, the regular guys that come up and do their thing, they're, they're picking their dates. They're looking at the calendar on the boat ride on the way home yeah uh, yeah you know like they're yeah. they're the guys that that that's their it's their holiday it's their r&r it's what they do it's what they love they've they've been coming with river jet since before i owned it yeah. so it's it's their thing so they they kind of know what they want to do they got their hunting partners and that's where they go yeah so yeah i mean there couldn't be a better place to have a beer and sit by a campfire
0: in my eyes yeah, it's I mean, a good place to spend the fall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The entire fall. It's perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And John, how did you get tangled up with this guy?
1: Well, we have a catering company and we cater for an organization that Jason's involved with. And he was wearing a wild sheep hat. And one of the probably the first dinner we did. Mm-hmm. And like two sheep hunters. I said, Oh, you're a sheep hunter. Maybe. What's it to you? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, Okay, he's the real deal. That's the secret of just. guy. And we worked together a bit with that, and then, and actually the first time we we went, we were smoked out. My first season. Yeah, your first season, and we were smoked out. We couldn't. We were trying to fly into a spot. We couldn't fly, and uh, we were hanging around Fort Nelson, and we knew Jason, his wife was your wife was up there. Franny was up there. Yeah. And uh, so I got a hold of him and said, "Uh, "What are you doing? We're going to the hot springs." (laughs) Well, we went to the hot springs, and then we. (laughs) <laughs> then we had a birthday party in the park in the and park, went yeah. to the museum and and then when the weather's kind of calmed down we went hunting. Yeah. And it hasn't we haven't looked back since then. Well yeah, I took you and Marsha went for a bit
2: and then I joined up with you. Yeah. When my schedule cleared up and
1: And ever since then we've been trying to hike every trail in there. Picking them.
2: We have we have tra- <laughs> trail A, trail B, trail C until we lose a GPS yeah, until and we, we lost trail A all over again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. Yeah, every year just been trying to knock knock a valley off. I mean people call it hunting, I call it a walkabout. Yep. I mean odds of me shooting another sheep will be pretty slim, but I just I love seeing the country. Yeah. I got that next ridge syndrome. Yep. Yeah. What's over there? What's over, what's there? over that next yeah. ridge? Yeah, what's there? Side so? case of that myself. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so. Tell me a little bit more about about what you said there about there, there'll be <clears throat> you may not shoot another sheep or it'll be a long time before you do what what do you mean by that
2: well my my outlook on sheep is it's it's a premium animal it's it's earned um, quite hard by by most you know I mean some people get lucky they fall on their plate it happens it's the, the luck of hunting yeah um, but to me it's a it's a premium animal and it's about being there and enjoying it it's it's not about the kill for me yeah so um for me to for me to shoot another one, it's gonna have to mean something to me it's gonna have to be something that stands out in my eyes that if I'm gonna put that on the wall, I want it to be like yeah so there's
0: gonna have it. to be quite a story behind it or it'll have to be something spectacular yeah some, yep.
2: something right I mean I mean lots of guys can can shoot a one sixty <clears> class <throat> ram over and over again, but i yeah. I can't do that that's yeah. to me that's not sheep hunting that's sheep killing
1: killing and yeah. well and I'm gonna to have to put the firing pin back in his gun too <laughs> <laughs> after I hit that piece of paper barely <laughs>
2: uh, so yeah that's just that's my outlook on sheep hunting is it's it's a uh, it's an animal that only exists here in British Columbia and I mean there's other ways of keeping sheep on the mountain but that's that's my personal way you don't have to kill one every year when you're up there no i don't successful no. sheep hunts not a dead sheep no i mean to, to see sheep to see legal rams um to see them doing what they're
0: naturally doing is just something to be in awe of yeah yeah, yeah. for sure well and that was one thing that for those that that aren't aware out there. These are the two guys that I was on my sheep hunt with, which I still haven't released the video because John hasn't taken the time to come in and film with me the, the, the voiceover. But <laughs> no, no. Because it's <clears throat> it's one of those things that's tough to release that um, it's so personal and there's so much involved in it that mm-hmm. do I feel like sharing it with the world and, and stuff too. So, but I mean, going up there with you guys uh, was Probably. And like you said, this whole, the whole idea of sheep hunting versus sheep killing, what we saw on our trip, the sh- the number of sheep, a uh, number of animals that we saw yeah. and just being able to see the animals um, and then have the discussions on when, when we're looking at rams and is it legal, is it not? And you take the time, you put the time in and then um, had we chose to, we could have continued on and seen what else was out there and pursued other ones had we wanted to but again you guys were kind of all of the same mindset that that it's not just about getting out there and killing a sheep and that was kind of an an aha moment for me too yeah because it's when you think of moose hunting and elk hunting you just if you get a chance to shoot a legal one you shoot it you're right well it's definitely not a meat hunt no (laughs) it's phenomenal meat though it is it is i gotta say
2: yeah yeah, it's a it's not knockout meat but you're not filling the freezer no (laughs) no you're filling
0: a couple grocery bags
2: if you if you put three guys on a sheep hunt and they're let's say three to four days back to the mode of transportation.
0: You'll eat most of it.
2: They'll put a good dent in it. <laughs> we
1: have eaten almost the whole sheep on a hunt. Yep. Two couples went. Well actually your your uncle. Yeah. We yeah, we I think we got out of there with about fifteen pounds of meat. Wow. The only sheep hunt I've ever gained weight on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The big guy
0: on the wall up here, he ate that entire thing on his thirty day trip. Because he didn't pack enough, like it was his first trip and he didn't pack enough, yeah, enough,
3: enough, anything,
0: crop. any food. Yeah. And he thought he'd live off the land and live off the water and stuff and yeah. lost a lot of weight and ate the entire sheep and... <laughs> Survived. Yeah. yeah, Made it and changed things up for the following year, but...
2: A little bit harder to do nowadays. Yeah. I mean, well, just laws and restrictions, you know, you got to be able to show something.
0: Yeah. You Make know, sure you didn't just cut the head yeah, off and come out.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, we got pretty good technology now yeah i mean it's give give the uh the officers a storyline
0: yeah
2: you know it it helps with them doing their job Pictures, Pictures, pictures 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 yeah
0: yeah well and even when the one that i shot there the the damaged meat when it rolled and rolled and rolled and all the the bloodshot meat that we uh took every ounce that we could take but then there was some that was so far damaged but we took lots of pictures of it yeah so when we came out yeah if we needed to we could have showed it yeah. but but overall it was i wouldn't want to leave any behind it's no. amazing yeah well for sure <clears throat> and for anyone out there that has never had sheep if you get the chance to go on a hunt keep all the fat mm-hmm. which okay. i never would have thought but john was arm wrestling everyone for it yeah to, <laughs> to, to cook it all over the fire on a stick and eat it all yeah, that's yeah. good stuff no. so um, John since we haven't had you on a podcast yet and you guys are always welcome to come back anytime down the road podcasts <laughs> are tons of fun sit, sit around and we'll see if that invitation stands when at the it's end over. of it <laughs> um, give us a little background on how you got tied up in this world whether it's with core lanes
1: or just the outdoor world I mean tell us a bit about yourself so I, I came from a family of trappers commercial fishermen back in the day market duck hunters uh just a hunting fanatic and when i moved to dawson creek i i was in the sporting goods industry it was a gun rap and pro staff for a few different companies and then i met you and your family and they sort of adopted me and and with the ties with the gun industry I, this was just a fit i mean next thing you know we were in toronto and edmonton and all over the place for trade shows and, yep. and uh yeah here we are now yeah
0: exactly <laughs> doing a podcast yeah, John's gone down and, and represented Core Lanes at a few buying shows and a few selling shows. And I've gone with
1: Jason to, to trade shows with Riverjet. Yeah. 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 I used to do 17 sporting good trade shows, hunting-related trade shows a year. Oh, wow. Hunting and shooting from Vegas to Montreal to all over. Very cool. Yeah.
0: And now, the meat doctor. Let's yeah, get a now, plug in for the meat doctor. Now,
1: catering, Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> If you're looking for the best smoked meat in the area in the Peace region, call John. Look up the meat doctor. We can post your phone numbers and Instagram and
1: whatever other social media platforms you're running. And when COVID ends, we'll get right back after. No kidding. Crazy. Yeah. But that Uh, was nice this year, because it put me in the mountains for five weeks. Tell us about that. Well, the COVID hit, and I thought, (laughs) if I'm going to go broke, I'm going to do it with a gun in my hand. So I uh, knew
3: it was only a matter of time. Just like you said,
1: knocking the ram over. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Both my wife and I spent five weeks in the mountains. She did a two-week horse trip, and then we did a three-week sheep hunt together. Got home, did my laundry. The next morning, I got a phone call at 10, and at 2 that day, we were gone again and back on another two-week sheep hunt. So it's been... Somewhere between seven and nine weeks of hunting straight this year. That's
0: awesome. It's been a good year. Yeah.
1: A pretty fortunate, not
0: fortunate, pretty strategic working for yourself to be able to do that and set up set oh, up yeah. your, your career or your careers, because there's multiple, um, to allow you to fall
1: off to hunt. Yeah, I book everything around hunting. <laughs> 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 no getting around it. We had a couple one to book a wedding two years ago, and they so they met up and... They were pretty eager to, to book, And I said, well, what's your date? They said September 10th. And when I stopped laughing, I was like, no, really? What, what, what's your date? And they're like, no, it's September 10th. I'm like, I'm sorry, I, I can't do it. Like, that's my, my one window of the that's year that, time. that I go. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, well, where are you going? And I'm like, what does it matter? I'm going to hunt. And they said, well, can't you go hunting another time? And I said, well, can't you get married another time? Like, we'll, can do, we'll do the next one. <laughs> Like, <laughs> i shouldn't joke around about that We do take it serious but there is a little window there where and, and you don't want me there my, my 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 brain's not there my my mind and my heart are up on the mountains Yep. somewhere yeah
0: yeah and and to get back to the meat doctor which you which you're running now we had the pleasure of booking you for our wedding before there was a meat doctor
1: yeah, you kind of well booking me for we didn't, you didn't like this podcast. <laughs> you didn't give me a choice.
0: Twenty, what was it? I should know this. The year twenty fourteen.
1: We'll go with yeah. It was sure. twenty fourteen.
0: Yep. Yeah, the one who got married
1: conned me into that one.
0: That uh, a cooler <laughs> full of beer and a bunch of smokers set up, and you took care of all the all the
1: meat. And that's what brewed that business. People knew we could cook, and and we started doing it just out of necessity like you, what you had there you were kind yep. of in a jam and yep. needed food for a lot of people right away and the businesses grew out of that and, and luckily it did to the point where we can book what we want to book right
0: yeah yeah and pre-covid you were setting up to be able to do double
1: events same weekends right well pre-covid we were double booked right into 2021 wow yeah and we've got stuff booked in 2022 hmm. so yeah this was a pretty big kick in the ass
0: yeah you invest yeah. the money in more equipment,
1: more everything. Mm-hmm. And then. Yeah, well, you and I brought back a new catering rig. Yeah, the, rock th- the,
2: <laughs> the rat wagon. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we bought a rat rod for the catering company. Yeah. Jason and I, we got it at the Abbotsford Trade Show. Where we were down there, the Abbotsford yeah. Hunting Show, or whatever that was. Yeah. Looped back through the Okanagan to pick it up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Got here, parked it, and was six, <laughs> ten days later, the lockdown started. Oh, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> like, well, yeah,
2: we were in Abbotsford for the. TradeX, yeah, and COVID was a thing, and they did the trade show. And were people
0: masked
1: up at that point? No,
2: no, no, okay. no nothing at all yet. Yeah, it was a, it was almost a joke then. Yeah, yeah, and people were talking about 14 day quarantine and basically like we we drove all night. We stopped in the Okanagan and a a friend of mine had loaded up the truck and brought it from Kelowna to Kamloops for us, so we just had to make a short detour. And we drove all night, and Monday morning, by the time we were back up north here, COVID was a real thing. Yeah.
1: Like, like by the time we got here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So, it's... It, uh, it's the way it goes. Yep.
0: We could jump right into that. I will skip a few questions, because we're talking about COVID, and how has COVID affected, affected Riverjet Adventures?
2: Well, it was... We were pretty unsure at the beginning part because um bc parks had shut down everything um but come come the end of it the bc parks opened up and because i'm not a guide i'm strictly transportation and i'm limited to bc resident yep so they can travel amongst their own province Mm -hmm. they can come up and see me i mean there was recommendations to follow um but those are recommendations um and my numbers um, actually increased. Um, a lot of guys, the number of groups that came hunting were pretty close to the same. Okay. But instead of a group of two, you know, their buddy tagged along. So that was a lot of groups of three. It was a lot of groups of four um, that just tagged along because guys wanted to get out. You know, guys were cooped up since March Yeah. when this all set in. And all of a sudden come August, September when hunting rolled around they were they were like hey can i join so for the whole month of july right before sheep season started i was getting numerous calls can i this buddy join this buddy join and and it's um
0: so do you feel that they weren't working because of covid or they just needed to get out
2: i think a lot of guys didn't maybe do their regular holidays like you you think of the average working person you know, they they probably do a summer holiday with their kids when they're out of school.
3: Yeah.
2: Um, I know my kids were done March 14th and yeah. didn't go back until September. Yeah. Spring break. It was
1: a very long yes. spring break. It
2: was. <laughs> so, so. I mean, um, and you couldn't go anywhere. Like, I mean, you you could, but you couldn't. Where a lot of people might have done a spring break to Disneyland or the kids got out of school in June and might have went to Disneyland or yeah. on some kind of a holiday. Yep that wasn't feasible yeah. this year. So, um, a lot of home renos and I think, you know, well, dad wants to get away on this trip type of thing. And, yep. and there was a few father sons, yep. you know, they just, um, you know, the, I had one gentleman that, that joined up and he was, uh, a father's son that it was his graduation. I mean, they're like, you couldn't take him anywhere. You do couldn't. anything else. So they, yeah. they went on a hunting trip for, for 10 days, the two of them. That's pretty cool. So I think it was, I think it was a a combination of, of a little bit of everything adding in. So, um, yeah, it was, it was good that way. It was good for our business.
1: Um, and yeah, it was, it rolled. Well, I read somewhere this spring that BC resident bear licenses had the sales had doubled. Well, wow. like it, I forget that, don't quote me on the numbers, but it was like 1,800 and 3,600 a normal <laughs> year compared to this year. Yeah. That's so just the, on a bear hunt. That's just the bear, the spring bear hunt. Moment. Yeah. Even well, hunting spring. license or bear.
0: Or yeah. We, <clears throat> excuse me, we as Core Lanes were pretty concerned when we really had to hammer down and figure out what are we doing? Are we closing up shop? What does this look like for Core Lanes? We've got staff to be, we've got 25 people running around here, so. You think they're families, it's, that's 75 to 100 people mm-hmm. that we're responsible for putting food on their table, but also keeping healthy. And so you hear all, you, you see the social media, you hear the political side of it, you hear all this, and you it's really tough to figure out what to believe, what not to believe. But uh, so we had a whole staff meeting, brought all the staff down, and we got their opinion. I didn't want to be the one saying, this is what we're going to do. I wanted to ask them, what are your guys' thoughts with COVID? What do you want to do? We had two people that chose to stay home because they didn't need the work. They're retired from other professions and work here for something to do to yeah. keep themselves busy and uh, and just for the enjoyment of it. But um, they said, we'll just kick back at home and relax because we thought business was going to dive because, well, COVID's kicking in, all businesses are shutting down and stuff. Yeah. We closed the door for two weeks and did online sales and parking lot pickups only. And I'd say sales, stayed kind of where they would have been had we been open but then as covid kicked in it just ramped up because again like you say people aren't going anywhere they aren't spending their money on their vacation so what can we do around here and people get outside yeah yeah
3: exactly
2: we have
0: our winter fever up here because you're indoors for the cold weather so as soon as spring rolls around anyways they're ready everyone wants to get outside yeah so we we definitely noticed it pick up and then with the the fear of not getting product or the fear of I need to protect my toilet paper. <laughs> People started <laughs> to buy guns and ammo. Yeah. Start filling the safe. Guns and ammo. So, you know, it, uh, and, and then we we talked about, well, okay, so now spring's done. The COVID chaos has been a couple months. Now things are kind of returning to a average, normal summer. Are we going to see everything taper off for winter? Because everybody bought everything they needed in the spring. So now they don't need their guns and ammo to hunt. Right. And are we going to get the people from the coast because you weren't supposed to travel with people you weren't living with right. and unless you sat front corner of the truck and back corner of the truck that's the only way you're six yeah, they're feet talking apart
1: about making you only hunt in your management area yeah so if you're on the island you stay on the island
0: if yep. you're in region six hunt in your area but it was a recommendation and they didn't push it mm-hmm. and so we ended up with a lot more coasters up here than we. well first we weren't sure what was going to happen compared to previous years for coasters coming up but I'd say we had one and a half to two times as many coasters come up because this was their getaway. Yeah. Get, up, get up and hunt like Yeah, up.
2: and I mean, to, to start implying some of those laws, like there's, I mean, you look at the island per se, like to tell all those people to stay yeah. there. They don't have an open season like we do. No. Right? So you're you're limiting those people to what is there. I mean, it's great for us. (laughs) I mean, we live here where there's open tags for a lot of our species and it would have been great. Um, it would have been a good year for the wildlife. Yeah. But you know, those people, those people bring a lot of business to a lot of businesses. Oh, for sure.
3: Yeah. Right.
2: So it's, it's, it's a tough call. I mean, I, I, I do love seeing wildlife. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe in people having their R and R and and doing it just do it respectfully. Yep. Right? Because there's there are landowners there are different yep. obstacles up here, but
0: yeah, it is doable. And we did see a little more outcry from the landowners, and I won't point fingers at who um, who's at fault, but landowners definitely were more up in arms about trespassing and stuff like that oh, yeah, so again yeah, there's
1: been a lot of that this year especially oh, on my neck of the woods yeah 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 you just you just hope that they
2: educate themselves and respect as you would want respected with as soon as someone steps onto your property
0: yep right and there you can pick up land management not management uh land title maps and stuff like that like we have the books here that you can come and buy yeah to figure out who owns what or yeah Uh, to at least be able to reach out and call people whose land is this let's talk to them i mean i couldn't tell you the number of doors i've knocked on and just go in and some they'll invite you in for a coffee and sit down and visit for a bit yeah i've been denied some and i've been allowed on others but i mean they're very appreciative that you came in and talked Talked,
2: to yeah
0: and some of them just want to (laughs) visit yeah Yeah. (laughs) tell me about that
1: so yeah. yeah on the other side of that coin the outfitters didn't operate this year or if they did, at a pretty reduced capacity. So there is a trade-off there, right? Yeah. There wasn't the pressure from them that there that they're normally is for the animals. Yeah. Yeah. Which can be fairly detrimental. Yeah. Because they are a little more efficient than the average guy with a the backpack.
2: They are, yeah.
1: They are, They,
2: but they also they look after, they do a lot more management, I guess you would say. You know,
0: like they They won't shoot every ram that's legal up there.
2: They their guides push for eight year old or older. Or older right when it comes to rams. When it comes to moose and elk, they are the same thing. They're looking for mature. They're they they're not just allowing their hunter to shoot. Right. The first thing they see. Whereas like we talked (laughs) earlier about, you know, sheep hunting being a premium, but when you see in like we go on an elk hunt and we got the option to fill three elk tags between three of us we're all going to shoot right right yeah. like that's that's the we're way Fill in the freezer right yeah um whereas when it comes to the guide guides they, they they're looking for that
1: well some outfitters outfitters put a fine or a bonus so every year that a ram is over eight or whatever that outfitter calls their number that guide gets a bonus like a thousand dollars a year or something i've heard and then they get a fine for every year that it's under. Which is a good system if they are running it. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I don't remember the number that Nathan threw out, but we've had Nathan Austin of Yukon Peak in here twice and he was saying like last year they had out of all the Rams, I think the average age was like twelve or thirteen and that's their focus. He says, We want to leave all those eight year olds to turn into the twelve and thirteen year old Rams.
3: Yeah.
0: And I mean he has, let's say, fourteen tags to fills and he knows how many Rams are in his area. Yeah. So he won't take those
1: eight-year-olds he'll that's wait me. and hold off and yeah wait for him to fatten up a little yeah and if the government finds out that seven-year-old rams are getting killed they might cut a quota back yeah too so there's yeah. always that right
0: what are your guys' thoughts on the t- our timeline to sheep hunt over-the-counter tags do you think it's something that's going to go leh or do you think it's going to stay yeah, it's a the way it going. is yeah.
2: It's, uh, I'm, I'm a very science-based guy Yep, and, um, without doing an actual proper sheep count mm-hmm. to me, monitoring that, those numbers, whether you want to do it every year, every other year, every three years, um, I mean, you have outfitters, they have to. They only get so many tags. You already know what an outfitter is going to do. Yeah. Um, you have to get your ram inspected from from being a resident. But to me, that science isn't true. Because you can say sheep hunters and every sheep hunter, when they go to put their finger on a map, when it gets c eyed it isn't where they shot it.
1: <laughs> well, sheep hunters are the world's so. best liars. Yeah. Right? <laughs> well. So that's secret keepers. Yeah. But 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 that's false
2: data. Yeah. Right. I mean, um, some might jump over a a whole mountain range. Some might just only jump over one drainage. Yeah. Who knows? Every, everybody's a little bit different. Yeah. So, um, that data to me is like, you shot it in seven B. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's Um, right. Um, or you shot it in region six. Right. Right. You know, so, um, but to actually put some money on the ground, as far as the Wild Sheep Society wants to do it, mm-hmm. um, partnered up with the government. There's other, um, you know, the North Peace Rod and Gun Club participates in lots of stuff. Um, I know I ran quite a bit of fuel up for for some studies that are being done. Um, if it's if it can be done, I think. Hopefully, maybe change the regs a little bit. Yep. Um, that maybe it has to be eight years old. Mm-hmm. Or maybe just, you only
1: shoot one every three years or something. Like, there's so
2: many sides to this coin. You yeah, can't, yeah. Yeah. There's there's lots of different ways of skinning that cat. You know, because I mean, even if like what John says, if you shoot one every three years, um, it's not going to stop me from going hunting every year.
0: No. No.
2: Because I'm I'm about. I'm I'm not going to have somebody there that's allowed to shoot one right. every year. <laughs> yeah. But it's not going to stop me from actually going out doing and doing the trip and going on the trip. Yeah. Um I mean like I said 98% of my trips are a walkabout anyways. Yeah. I'm just going to see the country. Yeah. And cuz I want to be able to say at 60 or 65 years old that I can be like I walked from A to Z. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. valleys in in my area.
0: Have a map of everywhere you've been. Yeah, Yeah. so it's that's
2: that's my
1: thing, but but not everyone's like that though. No, they aren't. But and
2: I mean that would restrict um, the difference between
1: a hunter and a
2: killer. Yep.
1: And there is guys out there that kill a sheep every year. Yeah. 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 And that's and that's they're allowed to do that. Yes. They've got that tag in their pocket. That's that's a moral thing that you and I and you choose to do. We Mm -hmm. don't kill sheep every year. We can. I. You know, it wouldn't be a problem. But yeah. So. But given that tag over to an LEH takes that away from us. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, if you look at the surveys and the documents, year seven is the hardest year for a thin horn ram. That's the the highest mortality rate of any of any animal out there in the sheep world. Like they don't make it to eight statistically, hmm. and we're targeting shooting the eight year olds. So really, is it? You know, the, you can look at it from the other side too. Like if, through from a trapper's point of view, you want to kill the young ones and leave your breeding stock. You know, do you use that mentality? Like that's, if you take a hundred rams that are seven years old, eighty of them might not make that winter. So why aren't we shooting those ones? Gotcha. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying yeah, that's the answer, but yeah, that, right. That's, do we go to LEH and and then limit that to seven? Like.
2: And to, and to me that's going back to there's there's a dozen different ways to skin this cat yeah you know and and that's where to me science needs to be proven before a proper decision is made yeah um, and it can't be made over one year right because you t- you can take you can without there being even a study done on what's actually on the hills you can take what the outfitters took in 2018 19 20 you can take what residents took in 18 19 20 and those are all going to be completely different numbers yeah outfitters took nothing in 20 yeah does that mean that the total numbers of rams being taken was going to be in that window it always is but the resident
1: harvest in 20 was through the roof it could be, without physically seeing those numbers yet. Well, we don't know them, but I mean, no, from what but we've heard. we talked to enough people that we know. Yeah, them.
2: but that, that's just us spe- speculating over top of this desk, right? Right. I and mean, then that's where, to me, science is. They're going to know how many rams are killed, yep. where they came from,
3: mm-hmm.
2: right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope they can know the age. Yeah. I mean, unfortunately, a CI inspector is no different than a
1: human than you and I. But you to know, go to LEH, we're going to lose opportunity. Right, losing and opportunity. Do the outfitters lose opportunity? Like they're they're the outfitters are pushing hard for areas in in seven, especially in our area, to go to LEH. LEH. So then, what are they going to sacrifice? Are they going to get yeah, Are they going to lose half their quota, or
0: or do they expect to keep quota?
1: Half your hunters right there.
2: Yep. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, I. Well, I mean, it Hopefully. all depends on how many LEH tags it goes down to. Yeah. Right. I mean, there's, it's, there would be so many speculations and differences on there, that,
1: it would be. The bottom line is that sheep hunters are growing in numbers, and the technology is growing. Yep. And the gear is getting better every year. Yeah. And access is getting better, so there's more feet on the hill. That's all there is to it. Yeah. So it's got to, something's got to give. Like yep. it,
2: it does. And I mean, we have, um, we've got some proposed burns. I mean, we have, we've had the wolf calling for the caribou, which helps all species yep. at the end of the day. Um, we've got some pretty amazing trappers in some areas that, that do well um, for the wolf. Um, I see more bears now than I almost do elk grizzly bears Mm -hmm. you know like um yeah i mean we everybody's got their opinion about the grizzly bear hunting um but they're just as big of a predator that that is there
0: and like you said we got to take it back to science when our when the ndp and green party came in and overnight they just shut off the grizzly bear hunt that was that was not based on science yeah no and now we've got the region six the first nations that are pushing we need to open this back up um, Everyone from the, we'll call it the wildlife side, are are stating that numbers continue to grow and they're becoming more and more of a problem. Right. And uh, it hopefully, hopefully, we'll see in the next couple of years it open back up. But
2: I mean, it's it's and the problem is, is when something changes like that, you fight three times harder to get it back. Yep. So I mean, if if sheep does go to LEH and numbers start thriving.
1: You're gonna fight yep. tooth and nail to get it back. But yeah. going to LEH and keeping a full curl eight year old rule isn't gonna change the overall sheep population.
2: Well, see, and that's where I mean a lot of people when they have this argument with each other, there's there's a difference between sheep population and and book rams. Trophy density. And that's right. and that's and I mean, outfitters, when they can sell trophies, that's what they, that's what they want. That's, you know, so, I mean, I'm not saying they're the ones pushing for it, but to me, I, if you're going to, you need, if you want a record book, you need to spend the time in the hills. Mm -hmm. Um, Does that mean that the sheep population is going to be there? Not necessarily. Right. Right. Um, So, I mean... If, if anything's going to be done, I think it should be done off of science and cheap numbers, not book rams because it's like, I've seen it it, it tweaks me, but (laughs) I've seen full curl five-year-old rams come out and I, I tweak, I cringe and it's like, (laughs) that's the rules. And what could that ram have been given another five years? eh, Yeah. Even, even three years to eight. Yeah that could have been a forty-five, forty-six
1: 46 inch ram yeah potentially I, I know some guys that shot a five-year-old ram that was 39 inches long with 15 and a half inch bases mm-hmm. what would that yeah. have been at 10 eh? like, yeah. Yeah. to think wow yeah. that, those genetics were stomping that was in the 70s or something yeah still yeah. yeah so
2: i mean that's so that's the argument i mean you got you got sheep populations You've got people that, well, we haven't seen anything over seven years old or above the bridge of the nose. And it's like, well, okay, but are the sheep population, is the numbers there?
1: (laughs) So then if you go to an LEH, do you, in your mind, do you keep the eight-year-old full curl rule or do you let them shoot seven-year-olds that are going to die of starvation that winter? Maybe a resident should be able to shoot one seven-year-old in their life. I I mean... I don't know. I mean,
2: to me, if you kept it the same, full curl or eight years old, um, and put a three-year restriction in, you still have the open tag for <coughs> for you know the guys that want to go every year but will never pull the trigger. They have the opportunity that when they see their ram, they mm-hmm. have the opportunity to shoot that. Yeah. Um. I I would I would hope that it would change the wavelength of the thinkers of the killers Yeah. to be like, if I shoot this today, I'm, 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 I'm I'm just going on a walkabout for the next two.
3: Yeah.
2: Right. Um, so you hope like I'm a huge thing in the hunting world is education, Yeah. Mm -hmm. right? Whether you're counting points on an elk, whether you're looking at the brow tines and points on a bull moose, um, counting rings on a sheep it's all education yeah at the end of the day so if 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 it's what it implies to educate those people to think about next year yeah next think, the about, big picture. think about tomorrow yep right I mean it's one thing to see that you know he could take a picture
1: through a spotting scope this year and he could see a bigger one next year there's an old theory that says uh, if you're willing to kill a small one you'll never kill a big one yeah right. And yeah. I'm affirmably, it's that's the same with deer hunting. And if you're trying to manage a deer population, yeah, you know if you'll shoot that 132 whitetail on the last day of the season, you will probably never kill a 190. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just the way it is. Same with sheep. Yeah, because if you kill that sheep, you're you know you go into that frame of mind. Yeah. Then, you know it's it's done right out of the gate. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. But if you go in accepting that you might come home without a sheep, or you probably will, not kill a ram that year, you know, you're yeah. you're coming home empty-handed because yep. you want this class of sheep. Yep. Then that's how it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. But not everybody thinks like that. Right.
2: No. No, and that's where I think between science and education, I mean, that's that's all you can ask. I mean, the ed, it goes all the way down to trespassing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, it's it's all it is is education. Yeah. That's all we can
1: do. There's Instead of this, LEH, there's, a, and and this is from an outfitter, like he said, and he and it's true that those seven-year-old sheep don't make it; they fucking die mm-hmm. of natural causes. Well, so why don't we shoot them? Yeah, they're gonna die anyways. Like uh, our rules that we have in BC allow us to grab a gun from Lanes and Buck Jason and go hunting whenever we want to go as yeah. long as the season's open we don't right. wait for a draw we don't have to group apply like it's it's a good system but it's hard on genetics bottom right. line i can walk over here tomorrow buy a mule deer tank and i can go mule deer hunting and i can shoot a four point mule deer on the last day of the season a little mule deer like this and i'm gonna saw those antlers off throw them under the workbench smell the meat and go boom <laughs> why would you do it like I have probably the best mule deer permission around here, and I've shot one mule deer in 10 years. Yep. And my wife shot one mule deer in 10 years. It's been eight since I've shot one. But we have I a haven't. 180 inch yeah. rule and we don't break it. Yeah, And I don't like... So when are we going hunting?
2: I don't even have a deer tag.
1: <laughs> well, <laughs> uh, we went jeep on you and you have a jeep tag. You're right. <laughs> I think you did that just so you didn't have to carry a gun, though. That was too much weight. <laughs> but that's the what tag. I'm, this is what I'm getting at. Like, we've got the the best system. We've got a system that gives us freedom, which we need. Yeah. We, we, I, I want to go hunting because I self-regulate. Yep. I don't. I'm not a. You know, if I want to shoot a elk for meat, I'll shoot a. I'll hunt all year for a 300-plus bull, and if I don't get one, in the last couple of days of the cow season, I'll shoot a cow. And that's good meat, but I'm okay not shooting that animal. Like I'm, I'm a trophy hunter. I want, yep, you know, I want to hold out and kill a big animal, which which I have that self control. And some people just don't. And it's an interesting
0: discussion talking about trophy hunting and how trophy hunting gets such a negative kickback because people are like, oh, you're only in it for the trophy. But on the flip side, it's better for con- for conservation because well, you're not tipping an animal over every in, in year. In BC,
1: you legally can't trophy hunt to what some people regard as trophy hunting right you can't saw those horns off and walk away and which leave the car most people think that's, that's true and, and we had this conversation up were you there that mm. night i don't think so we, we had a really good conversation about that mm. at my dinner table and you handled yeah, yeah, it quite when, well
2: when the wife and everybody came out oh, okay last year before christmas yeah
1: it was, what was that night? That was before uh, sheep sheep show dinner, wasn't it? It was yeah, the night before. Yeah, yeah, it was we when, had, when we had... and we had Crossan's birthday, he didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that's, you know, we, so trophy hunting, trophy hunting, trophy hunting. Well, wh- what does that mean? Either, yeah. Like, I, yeah, I'm a trophy hunter, but I still eat 11, 12, 13 year old sheep meat. Yeah. I, I love it and I have to take it. Yeah. You know? Not that I'd leave it there anyways, but there's a huge misconception with what trophy hunting is.
0: Yeah. Nathan was talking about that too, that when he says they're harvesting these kind of 11 plus year old rams, he says he doesn't want to be harvesting the seven, eight year old rams because number one, they're not what the clients are looking for. But he says, realistically, that's your breeding stock. When they're 11, 12, 13 years old,
1: they're not breeding, they're not providing as much to them. When they're eight, nine, 10 plus they are. Right. When they're seven, they're not. No, oh, okay. They're going to be. Yeah. But they're a seven year old ram is physically not big enough to compete with he's the big He's actually mature and he's ready to rock, but he doesn't hold a candle of those big rams. Yeah. So he fights so hard that he ruts himself to death and dies. Gotcha. It's- no,
2: and I think that, like, that to me that goes like because I take what those outfitters say pretty good. I, I like to trust most of them. Yep. Um, Like you take Nathan, I've, I've never met him, but he's, I know he's in an area that is very, um, it's not super pressured by resident hunters. Right. So he, he's in an area that maybe that's how his is going. Depends on his winter range. Yeah. Those rams might live like that. Does that apply to the rams in the, I'm going to say the, the gatho drainage? Most likely not. They're more like what John's saying. Mm-hmm. At seven years old, 50, 50% of them are dying. Yeah. Well, and, and when and when 50% of those move on, 50% of those at eight years old die. Then die. 50% yeah. of those nine-year-olds die. Yeah. Um, to get those kind of numbers in that area, if you get a ram that's nine to ten years old in that area, you've got an old ram. Right? Right. Um, his area might be a little bit different. The predator control might be a little bit different. Mm -hmm. The winter ranges might be a little bit different, different cycles, seasons. And that's where the science comes in. Yep. Right. I mean, you can't base it off of hit this area and his area. We have stone sheep on this whole area and we need to see how this is working and where the numbers and, and access is huge. Right? Like you said, mm-hmm. the, the boots you're getting, like, them old timers used to go hunting in freaking muck boots from freaking Zellers. Yeah.
0: The $12 gum boots. Yeah.
1: got yeah. the guy that got two, me two, two,
0: two pairs of wool socks so they yeah. didn't
1: get blisters. The guy that got me into it, sheep hunted in the boots that he had cut off hip waders for like five years. <laughs> Honestly. Wow. I thought that was pretty high end. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look at some of those old pictures you see. Denim. They're, they got their jeans
0: and their plaid. Plad, yep. Yeah, red, red plaid jackets. Yeah, and, and their gumboots. Denim and
1: denim's just covered in mud and tar yeah. and grease and everything else. Yeah,
0: I love seeing all those pictures.
1: And when there's a will, there's a way. When you want to get somewhere, you're you're going to get there. Yeah. yeah.
0: Are you a member of Matt Cook's hunting? There's a lot of people that are posting the old pictures on that the, Facebook group. Yes,
2: I, I, I'm on there. I don't post anything, but yeah. I do look
0: at the I old like picture. the historical pictures that go up there. Of yeah. the sheep hunters. And then a lot of guys mock the modern camo and, and stuff. Look, Oh, look at the camo he's wearing. The red plaid and denim.
1: But on the other side of that, you don't need to go and spend a million dollars on Kuyu gear to, to kill a sheep. No? No. You know, like, nope. you, you just don't.
0: No? Nope. No, really, anything that... I If you want to talk camel, anything that breaks up the pattern so you're not just a solid blob... Helps, but I mean, again, you look at the the rest of the technology that's out there. Custom turrets, the rifles that are out there, how well they shoot. You don't have to be 50 yards from that sheep. Um, no, you can you can tip them over at <laughs>
1: 300, 500, exactly 600. 680. What was mine? 685 or something like that. Yeah, 685. So, uh, I carry a smaller gun. You well, <laughs> need get closer. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: Hence your 243, right?
2: That's why I pack a 243. Yeah. What Only were you goes using? A, goes uh, as far as my golf ball. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: but I can shoot your golf ball. <laughs> so can I. <laughs> right here. <laughs> what was I using? A uh, uh, 6.5 284 that you guys built for me? Yeah. Optic? It had, that one had a huskima. I switched over to the Swarovski now. What's the one right there? The Sheep Hunter with the turret. 3 to 18. 44. One By inch 44, two. yeah. Yeah. Shave a little weight off. Shave a lot of weight off, yep. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Back to... Oh, go ahead. One thing I'm going to say with guns. Yep. So I've been a gun rep. I've been in this business like you have for quite a while. And I got talking to some guys about guns one day and the light kind of came on. And I thought, okay, you guys, there's four of you guys here, and you're going down the road. You've got two brand new pickups, you've got trailers, you've got quads, you've got boats, you've got. All there's a hundred grand in gear, yeah. Plus, yeah. Two hundred grand in trucks there. Yep. You got all this gear. You got wall tents and stoves and all this crap. What are the two things that your kids gonna get out of that? Your gun and your knife. Yep. When you th- when you really think about it, everything else is pretty well. A knife. knife. You get a dull knife <laughs> and a rusty gun, but, yeah. but a they, shot I, out rusty gun. They're the only two things that survived that. Yeah, everything else: your rain gear is gone, your track wear is out, your boat's got to be replaced. Your, you know, your quads—they're yeah. yeah. all disposable items. Yeah. And when people put that much money and that much time—and I know I keep reverting back to sheep—but when you put that much time and effort, and and you've been through it with us, you know what goes into it. Yep. Yeah. And that gun fails you, or your lack of shooting practice or knowledge fails you, what did that just cost you? Yeah. You know what I mean? That one moment, and you don't shoot, or you have substandard equipment. Yeah. Because you can always dry your raincoat out. Yeah. You can always dry your sleeping bag or patch up your boots, but when when you're holding your scope (laughs) and your gun like this, uh, it's not going to work, right? Like, it's... Something to be said about buying quality. When it comes to the... Yeah, and you, and you guys both know I'm a little OCD with my shooting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, for sure.
0: Getting back to Riverjet Adventures, um, when it comes to clients that you're taking up the river, are you uh, limited... To, like, Does the government limit the number of clients you can take up there? Or a length of time? Or is, are there any limitations?
2: So there is a... Um, I do have a restricted number yep. that the government has issued me. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, I, it's whatever. It's, I don't even, I get close to it, but not really. Um, and then I, I limit how many sheep hunters I take. Um, that's another way of me trying to keep the sheep on the hill. Folks say on conservation. Right, yep. right. So that's, I mean, for when I take out sheep hunters, I have, I take out guys that are sheep hunters. I take out guys that are sheep killers. Um, I can't knock them. That's yep. what they want to do. Yep. Um, but I, I limit how many I take into the back country. And to me, you know, I, like I said, my, my area covers from the Tshodi range all the way up. Um, I mean, I can't go up the Gatho, but people can hike into there from the Tshodi or from the musqua side. Yep. Um, I've I got people that hike over to the Prophet um, from the muskwa. I've got guys that go from Tshodi all the way over into the Racing. So it's a vast area of sheep country that they go into, and I I limit how many go in. And I've found a number that works for, for me, and I roll with it. Well, that practice has been in there for a while, though. The the previous pre- the, the, were... the previous owner had the same practice and it was something that I I adapted and carried
0: on with the same the same thing. he kind of gave you his number this is what I've he, been doing
2: well he's he's a very passionate sheep guy yep. he's he loves sheep he's the same way as you and I he loves just seeing what's on the next ridge yeah um, and that was something that he did um, and I mean it works with the numbers that for business wise. So I mean, it works for business. It works for the wildlife. Yeah. To me, it's it's a win-win. Yeah. Right. So that's a good balance. Um. And then I get groups that basically I can't fit all their beer in my boat. <laughs> 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 you know, it's I'm I, they pay their price and, like I said, I've said it before. I'll say it a million times. There's no better place in the world to sit by a campfire and drink a cold beer. Yeah, And that's what they do. And they don't bitch about the hunting. Their biggest thing is like, how far is firewood from camp?
1: And they're always handy when you got to pick them up, eh? Yeah. (laughs) You know, and
2: they're, it's, it's great. I mean, it's the, one of the best parts about Riverjet is every group I meet is pumped and excited because they're going on their holiday. Yeah. Well, that boat ride's half the fun too, though. It is. Yeah, guys guys don't realize what is entailed until they get behind the window and yeah. the musqua is pretty bumpy and boring for the first couple hours at seven AM in the morning. <laughs> yeah. Um but after it gets beyond that, I mean it you turn on to that Deschutes, and it it uh, I tell other jet boaters that you just went from playing T ball to hitting the major leagues. And it's it's game time. Yeah. Right? I mean I put my earmuffs on <laughs> I kind of ignore ignore what's going on. I open the top of the boat up and let people take pictures, and it's it's time for me to pay attention. There Focus isn't, on the drive. There's a lot of corners. There's not room for two boats, right? So I, yeah. you know, you pay attention to corners and certain stuff, and it, uh, yeah. I mean, I take uh, Wayne Sawchuck does his group, and I do the switch out, and I always on bug, his horseback trip on his horseback. Yeah, and I always bug his clients that you know I would like the most fun you're going to have is right now on this boat. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, they, they see a lot of beautiful country and, um, I, I don't get to see the clients that I take in, they exit somewhere else. Um, but the clients that are coming to the drop-off point that I take out, you know, he's, he sees beautiful country, but it's at a horse's pace, you know, kerplunk, kerplunk, and they see awesome country. But when you're coming down, down that river in a jet boat at, 25, 30 mile an hour, <laughs> skinning, skinning some of those tight corners. We've had, uh, we've had some old
1: ladies that just having a riot. <laughs> <that we know. laughs> so speaking of that, Marsha's doing a wellness camp in in Wayne's Mayfield cabins this year. Oh yeah. Like a yoga retreat kind of thing in there. how are they getting in? Fly. They'll fly into that. Oh, okay. One. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. And is she running it? Yeah. She'll be organizing it. Let's give it a plug what is it when is it yeah
1: it's <laughs> definitely coming up uh, okay i don't want to have any details okay will she push that through the art gallery i don't know i don't know how it's good they it might even be pre-booked now for all i know okay it's, stay uh, tuned if you're interested or your yeah. wives are interested in this trip yeah
0: we can uh hook you yoga? up with Marsha.
1: well it's i think there's gonna be a lot of yoga and they're i don't think they're gonna call it a yoga fishing sure okay i'm you interested can't see why not <laughs> <laughs> Do you have to wear Lululemon pants? I'm just hoping it falls right at the end of July. <laughs> yep. We just want to tag along for the flight. Well, I'd be up in that neck of the woods anyway. So.
0: <laughs> that sounds pretty cool. How long are they going for? No idea. Perfect. We got no lots of no information. Maybe, maybe we'll have Marsh in for a podcast. I think you would be way better off doing <laughs> <laughs> on yeah. so many other levels. <laughs> so back to Riverjet seasonal booking. So you've got sheep hunters you've got goat hunters you've got moose hunters elk hunters do you kind of have your sheep now you can't be doing goats normally with the early crew tell no. us a bit about the no so i mean people want to hunt up there
2: so there's always the openers i mean that's that's been sheep hunting's bread and butter for for years yep you guys want to be in there for august 1st right um those are the only physical dates that i set yep I mean, I do my run up the Mosqua. I do my run up the Tashodi. I usually John tags along, or like last year, you tagged along as yep. well, and we went up. And I do my walkabout. Yeah. So my clients are in; they're in till their dates. Um, then and
0: they kind of set dates, or do you kind of I tell them, if them? You start here. You're coming out here. No, I set them. Okay. They're already set
2: before I even start booking people. Yeah. Um, I sit down with Francis, and you know, I reminisce over. I usually talk to a few of my regulars and be like, you know, was ten days too much? Was twelve days not enough? And I kind of try to give everybody a little a time that um, you got time to physically hunt your sheep, right? I mean, um, one of the the biggest issues I have is trying to keep the meat if we shoot it on the opener, the first. Yep. And it's like, well. That's where your experience and your education comes in. Yeah. I mean, because it's the same way as a plane. They're not just going to fly in the next day and grab you. No,
0: you've got your scheduled right. pickup. So,
2: um, I mean, some of them are willing to adapt and change. Unfortunately, with my business, I'll, I'm will i on a mountain somewhere. Yeah. So I'm i am out of cell service.
0: And for those, is that more your moose and elk hunters that you're focused on? Like if they were to drop one opening day and now they're there for 10 more days...
2: Yeah, so sheep
0: it normally takes you a little while to get into where you're at.
2: Yeah, sheep sheep hunting. Those are the only days I booked after the openers come out. It's kind of a first come first serve. So if okay. you wanted to go sheep hunting on the fifteenth of August and come out on the twenty seventh, and if uh, and then I got elk and moose hunters that are starting to go for that because season's opened up right fifteenth or twentieth of September. Yep, starts opening up. Um, and if all of a sudden you're back at the river, by all means, I'll pull you out early. Um, but your scheduled date is this and the, um, if we change a date, the people that have that day paid for originally get dealt with first and then I move on from there. But after, after the opener, it's, it's, it's a free for all up for dates. It's first come first serve. Yep. You know, just ask
1: for a, a deposit. But that departure date coincides with the opening day. Like, that's... It does. People don't really give and take a bunch. They don't lose much by going a day earlier, a day later. It's it's the targets to be there on August 1. Yeah, so like my
2: in my dates, I believe for this year, going in on the 28th and the 29th of July. So the guys, I Which think... Which is pretty standard. Yeah, so you know, the guys that are doing this river get three days prior to opening and the guys that are gonna do this river get two days prior than opening. Right? So it's kinda changes it up a bit and each yep. year I change what side I do first or second and and that just coincides with going along with the alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> so to walk trail <laughs> D, E and <laughs> F <laughs> third loss <laughs> GPS. Yeah. So it's uh yeah, I mean, it's those are the only ones I set. The average hunt is usually 10 to 14 days, right? Um, anybody that wants to pack, when you start getting into that 14 to 20-day range, the packs start getting pretty big, and you start dealing with a lot more extreme people. Okay. Right? You're not dealing with the... the average joes you're dealing with the guys that are like they're they're looking for their ram mm-hmm.
0: and they don't care how many miles they have to put on to get it
2: they're gonna go right
0: they've they, got the time and the gear
2: yeah and and in saying that i mean a lot of people work a monday to friday job yeah so when they book their holidays that's it's from vancouver to fort nelson's 18 19 hour yeah drive yeah Right. So I mean you got a day at each end. Yeah. Guaranteed. If not a day if and a half not a couple. Yeah. yeah. So you just add a ferry
1: onto that, you're even further. Yeah, yeah,
2: right. So you take you take fourteen days, now they get a ten day hunt and they got two days of travel on each end. Yeah. And they're back to work Monday morning. Yep. Yeah. Right? So it's you know, I'd I would imagine that probably plays the biggest role. Yeah. In guys' schedules is, you know what, I can take two weeks of holidays, we can be ready to go Friday after work leave first thing Saturday morning
0: have a 10-day hunt a couple days to to get get home home. yeah so with the gear um do you have I'll get into a couple questions I've got about gear but just when you're talking about having your hunters reach out to you to let you know we got one come out early do you have recommendations or do you require all your hunters to have like an in-reach Be able to send messages back and forth?
2: I don't. I mean that's what they feel like carrying is completely up to them. I've been handed a lot of different scenarios. Oh, okay. Um, but a lot it seems to be the normal. Yeah. Um, you know, guys either are you know, some guys are just employees somewhere, some guys manage businesses, some guys are you know, run their own business, some guys are retired. Yep. Um, so I mean most of the guys set up their own kind of contact because they need it themselves right. to begin with. Yeah. Um, and then as far as my interacting with them, the guys that don't have it, I'm like hang something bright on a <laughs> on a tree, you know, <laughs> old school. Because I, I do offer a meat run service. Yep. Right. If I, if I got a cooler, you know, available in Fort Nelson, I do do a meat run service for them. So if they don't have an actual contact. It, Text me while I'm in town and be like, Can you do a meat run? Then I, you know, it's I just hopefully see your flag. <laughs> I see your flag and I stop in and say, I, say hi. And if I can deal with it that day, yeah, I will. And if not, then I'll tell you when I'll be back, yep. right? Because I try to also make the most out of everybody's trip, yeah, right? Some guys, whether they want a meat run, they have to be present to hand over that meat. Because we have to fill out the paperwork. Because yep. now I'm transferring their meat, right? Both mm-hmm. of the tag holder has to be. The tag holder has yeah. to be there, right? Like, if you two are hunting and you tagged it, John, I don't care where he is. I got to be there. To- you need to be there to sign the paperwork. Yeah. Hand it over into the boat. Away we go. Um, but, and I try to schedule that so that when you're there in camp, that if you're up on a mountain texting me and you're like, okay, we can be down for this day for a meat service, you can hunt up there for another two days. Cause I might not be able to make it to you. Right. Right. So yeah. it, it tries to make the best out of your days in the mountains. Yeah. Right. Um, lots of guys, um, want to camp move. You know, they want to, we've been here. We've seen this. Yeah. There's nothing Take us here. Else, we need there's to no move. animals. Right. Yeah. Um, I put them on the side of the river that only has moose. No elk. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, I, I, I try to encourage them not to, because it's two days out of their trip yeah. that they could have been exploring that new draw that they didn't go see. They yet. could have hiked that next ridge. Right. Yep. You know. So I I try to encourage it not, but you know at the end of the day, if uh, if a set of predators, the wolves move in and shut down the whole valley, I'll do my best to try to get them into another one. Right. Right. I mean, there's only so much you can do and that's hunting. But I mean, I get it. If it is their holiday, they paid and, and, you know, I try to make it the best experience possible. Yeah. So,
0: um, do you give, uh, gear guides or have expectations or, or recommendations or do you just kind of, you leave that up to them? I'm your transport.
2: I, I try to get them to, um, uh, basically look at it as a plane. Yep. With a few more bells and whistles. I don't have the limita- limitations of a plane. No. But I want them to use their head as well.
0: Figure right? out what you need.
2: Right. I tell guys usually like um, 500 pounds a guy. So if you're going on a, on an elk hunt with four guys and every guy, I say the average guy is 200 pounds. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so you're 200 pounds there or you your five. Um, if you're another hundred and... 40 to 150 with your personal gear that still leaves another 150 for wall tent cook stove um, and all your common gear. Yeah. (laughs) Well, yeah, all that. And, and if guys shows up with an extra cooler full of beer, I'm not, I'm not, I'm taking it. Yeah. But as long as you follow those guidelines, then what the boat can operate at, then it makes my job easier and it's like, all right, you got all your comforts, like, let's go. I, I encourage people to bring a wall tent and a wood stove. Yeah. Um, but I also encourage them to get up on the mountain and hike. Yeah. And get off off the river. Um, the wall tent, they might not sleep in it. But I've seen a foot of snow on August 18th, two years ago. And it would have been nice to come back to a wall tent. Yeah. Right? So, I, you know, you get guys that... I have the availability to pack it, bring it. Yeah. Right? So, um, and then you do get guys that pack the kitchen sink. but it's like, all right, guys, that can stay in the truck. <laughs> and then they bring it, and it doesn't move in camp. And they bring it back. And they're like, yeah, we could have left that in your truck. Didn't need to pack and that I'm all like, the way. I said that. Yeah. But it happens. And everybody, a lot of guys get um, not realizing where you're going. You are in the middle of nowhere with no nothing. There's no roads. There's no quad trails. There's no cut lines. There's nothing. And a lot of people get in over their heads, and I I try to encourage that and make sure that it's well known before they get in to be like, you are going into the middle of nowhere. There will be, like I've had customers shoot elk right off the doorstep of their wall tent i've had guys that pack them 14k it's <laughs> you are in you're in the middle of the wilderness yeah so it's and it's it's a head game for a lot of people
0: yeah yeah so what are your expectations for clients someone wants to book with you i mean i bet you've dealt with some amazing clients and some that you wish never booked but that's just running a business. So if you had to lay out expectations of what you would want to see in a client or what,
2: you know, just take like when they ask for, I say this to my wife all the time. I call her an (laughs) asshole because she asks questions and then I give her an answer. And then she argues with me about my answer. And I'm like, if you didn't want to hear the answer, why'd you ask? ask? ask, Right. (laughs) So, so I guess, I guess with, with my clients is, you know, like it's, um you're there they want all the information they can get. Um and I give as much as I can without money per se. I get a lot of tire kickers. Yeah. Um but but take that and and roll with it. I I ask guys to put a little bit of their own research into it. Yeah. You know, you guys want to go sheep hunting? Pick A, B, and C spot, right? Um, once you get narrowed down where you're actually physically going to book, when I see money deposited, all right, let's talk A, B, and C. Which one would you guys prefer? Yeah. You know, they want to go into B. You know, they got this draw, this and that, and I'd be like, yeah, there's sheep in there. There's, a, you know, we can we can get you in there. I might not tell them the exact trail yet, but I'll be like, yeah, there's that's a that's a good spot. Um, C is a is another good spot. A is not so good yep so i kind of and then i get them basically i want them to go back to the drawing board right i want them to be like hey like you know can we go up this draw Yep. um and normally i i'll leave it as long as i can of showing actual trails yeah
0: well they have to realize you're not a guide you're not there to guide them no exactly. they you just you are transportation right. from right so
2: yeah so I tell them that, you know what, I'll put you on a trail and I'll be like, oh, you're going to go up to this draw and up and over the hill. I said, if you lose the trail a hundred meters in, it's, it's on, on you." Own. Yeah, right? I mean, you're, you can do whatever you want once you leave this boat. Yep. I don't, I don't physically leave the campsite.
0: Yep. I, I drop you off. I drop you off. I get Unload the, your gear.
2: I, I use existing camps because we're in that Northern Rockies park. Yep. So I'm, I'm trying to lessen the footprint not making new camps Yep. so i basically go into the camp i show them kind of some of them have meat poles and a little bit of a frame or some of them have poles stood up over here you know and i kind of just say well there's the trail out back and it leads up into those hills that we looked at on google earth right so that's kind of where i i leave it for the most part you know help them out as much as i can without Physically. Helping them. Yeah. There yeah.
1: you go. <laughs> well, and lots of guys know where they want to go. They just need you to, to get to that trailhead. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And that's that's the other thing is a lot of guys want to just go to this particular spot. And if I do know a trail that goes in there, I might help you out. Um, it depends. There's guys that, you know, they might rub you the wrong way. And it's like, you know, you want to muck up there? Here you go. <laughs> yeah. Muck, muck away, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and there's also, there's also trails that I don't know. Yeah. Right. So, you know, I get, I get clients that they want to go in here and I'm like, I've never been there. Yeah. And there's, there is places that I've never been. I'm only one guy. You're only I'm on a walkabout K. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I haven't seen I haven't them haven't made it through yet. the alphabet yet. So, you know, I just say, well, let me know how it goes. Yeah. Right. And, and all those guys' secrets are with me. Yep. Right, I mean, I, I do my damnedest not to hunt, where my clients hunt, and that's why I pick a different one each year, sometimes two, sometimes three, and and you know what? Sometimes there's, there has been a few in there that I've I've hiked to see what my clients have seen.
1: Yeah. When we did the Abbotsford show, I thought there would be more people trying to pry sheep secrets out of us, or yeah, just hunting yeah. secrets in general, yeah. and and it wasn't that way. No. It was people just wanting to go hunting and you know, did you book lots at the Abbotsford Wilton Sportsman show? Um, I think I got
0: three or four groups okay.
2: out of it. So yep. it was it was worth it. Um I don't think the Abbotsford show is what it used to be.
0: Right. From what I've been told. The hunting corners here with It was very small. And the rest is boats and yeah. quads. Yeah. Um and a few salmon lures. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And the whole of us.
0: They had a booth?
1: No, they were, we yeah. got Christian, Christian something. Were they? Christian like walking that. sticks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Something like that. I, I got just called them Jeholas. <laughs> Anyways, um,
0: the... Uh, Is that where you bought the Y'all Need, <laughs> Y'all Need Jesus t-shirt? <laughs> no, that was in
1: Kentucky at the Walmart. <laughs> 4 How could you not buy a Y'all Need Jesus shirt? It's phenomenal. But it's there was it an, there container. was another
2: group of guys putting a show on in Chilliwack. There was supposed to be... Cause that was what was it, Abbotsford was a
0: sportsman so it show. was going to be in Kelowna
2: or Kamloops or somewhere. No, that was a different one.
0: There's one in Kelowna, but that no, was, there is one in Chilliwack as well.
2: It was supposed to be in out. So where out are we going <coughs> when the COVID goes away? We'll see it what. It was supposed to be to that Toronto? Chilliwack. It was supposed to be the first one, first annual one. Oh okay. In Chilliwack. Kelow- oh, okay. And it obviously got canceled because that taxidermist that we yeah he was going to go to it. So but COVID set in right after March there and that was the end of it. Yeah. So,
0: yeah. So what should clients expect when they're booking with Riverjet? Cause I mean, I bet you that without fully knowing they may have different expectations of what they're getting. So what should they expect? Well, for them, they're
2: getting, they're going to get a safe ride in yep. and out. Yep. I mean, at the end of the day, I'm transportation. Yep. Um, I try to give them as much knowledge of where they're going um gear um areas um different styles and tactics of hunting yep. due to different seasons um you know lots of guys like to come earlier in the year rut isn't fully set in for elk um sheep season it's it can be fairly busy on the august 1st yeah um sheep season end of september can be cold <laughs> and wet um I mean you can hit all seasons any time of the year. So I I for what they're going to expect, I mean, out of me, uh I try to prepare them as mentally and physically as much as possible for where you're going to be there in the middle of nowhere with basically just your some have, you know, an in reach some pack a sat phone, some don't pack anything. Yeah, and I don't see them until the morning of their pickup. And yeah. those are—they're great. They're easy for me. I drop them off. They kind of know where they want to go, and they—they they go and they get. Yeah. They come back when they know they gotta be picked up on the 28th, and they're there the night of the 27th, and they're packed up and ready to go for the morning of the 28th.
0: So. So if someone's interested in booking with you. How early should they look at booking? Like, like, is it just for next season, or should a person be looking a couple of years in advance? What's- I'm,
2: um, well, when we took this over, we kind of just did one year at a time. Yep. Um, my wife and I—well, she does the books. I, I do the talking. Yeah. Right. I'm, I'm the guy that they're gonna see. Yep. Um, but my wife has everything laid out of, as far as deposits, the calendar, everything's done. I can just look at it on my phone, and it's there. Um, So we're starting this year. We've started booking for 2021. Um, We run on a first come first serve basis. So we have ongoing threads with clients that, you know, have whatever. And these dates are available today. They might not be tomorrow. Right. I tell everybody that um, so they understand. Um, But as far as 2022, I mean, guys normally don't book two years in advance we do have a few returning clients that just know that that's their,
0: I want that's this their thing. Chunk. Yeah,
2: they That's what they do. Yeah. So um, we normally don't hit them up for a deposit for 2022 until the season of 21 would be done. Right. So we just kind of lay it here and have it there rested. Yeah. But um, we're, we're not booked up like an outfitter, right? Gotcha. We're not booking. Um, my quota's is on people, not animals. Right. So, And they sell their quota for animals and they can say, Hey, Aaron, I can book you for 2023 for a sheep. I, I don't have that option. And I can, I can scourge my numbers. Like I only take so many sheep hunters and if I had to run another two guys that randomly phoned me and it worked into my schedule and I could be like, you know what? I I look at my books and I'd be like, all right, I've only taken so many rams the last couple of years with my numbers, you know, I can run you up and... I'll give them a kick at the can. Yeah. Right? Let them go sheep hunting if they come home with one, and my average is one higher than than what I want, um, one year, then it's not the end of the world to me. Yeah. Right? Um, yeah. I just, I try to run with those averages to keep them there, and one here and there. I mean, that's what an average is. You're going to be higher than that to maintain an average, because there's going to be years that are even lower. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, River Jet Adventures has uh, not taken any rams out of the mountains. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's happened. So, I mean, yeah. it's, it's hunting. Yep. Yeah. Right? So.
0: Yeah. And if more people have the mindset, like you're saying, that I'm here to hunt sheep, not kill sheep, there will be a lot more, and I won't say unsuccessful, because it's not how you measure success by the kill, but it's more that, the hunting experience and, and then coming see. from the guy who shot one on the first <laughs> one <moment. laughs> <laughs> but yeah. now moving forward, <laughs> no moving forward it'll be go it'll be about the walkabout <laughs> okay <laughs> until the big one steps out and yeah. we'll be stuffing things in your pack <laughs> when you're not looking <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so are there any on on that note are there any crazy funny chaotic stories or anything that really comes up in the three years you've done it aside from taking john on so many trips there's
2: (laughs) there's always our own entertainment that that's just a given um you know like i'll I'll never forget the first year i had it i had a group of three hunters coming sheep hunting and normally sheep hunters show up with a their backpack already packed because they've repacked it eight times like every sheep hunter has yep And they either and they usually have a tote with some goods in it and a cooler, right? Between two or three guys. Yep. Um, You know, have a bit of grub back at camp, back down the base camp type of thing. And when these guys got in, they threw out a 200 liter water tank, (laughs) and (laughs) I I had to ask, what's it for? And they said a shower. And I was like, "You're going sheep hunting, right?" They're like, "Yep." I'm like, "Okay." Then this big abortion of copper coils and all this <laughs> stuff came out, and I put it in the boat. And I'm was it a meth lab? <laughs> no, 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 because it was as clean as it came out. Are you I never smurfing? Never got yeah. used. So, anyways, that we get up and I drop them off, and they they set up their base camp and and. uh. I had to ask, like, what's this thing going to do? And they're like, well, they had a five-gallon pail to fill up this 200-liter tank and then had it set up to draw water off the bottom, coil, and heat. And the first thing, I'm just like, you could have just had up that five-gallon pail and you would have had (laughs) piles of water. So I kept my comments to myself, and I left, and I came back, and they got their ram. They were successful with the ram and i said so how was the shower well we never used it and i went so you made me pack this thing all the way up here to look at it and they're like well it didn't quite work out through so if you're willing to try something like that try it at home yeah, yeah. make sure it's going to work before we're going to pack yeah. it you know 100 miles up the river <laughs> so it was that one was that one was pretty funny um that was a uh, one that really stuck out was a water tank, a 200 liter water tank for a, for a shower. Yeah. So how freaking long do you plan on showering? <laughs> yeah. All day, all day. Yeah. But, um, it's been, there's been guys that, uh, when I, when I say I can't fit all their beer in the boat, that's no exaggeration. <laughs> there's guys that, you know, they show up with flats upon flats and, that's their thing and I, I usually That's their holiday, right? Yeah, that's their thing. So I yeah. mean that's
0: I And that's mean, more the base camp like the elk hunter yeah, setting up a wall a, tent and Yeah,
2: they're not going anywhere.
0: up till 3 drinking, roll out yeah. about yeah. at noon and hope yeah. to find an elk. And
2: they they got fantastic grub. Yeah. Right? Cuz that's what they're there for. They're there for have that campfire meal. Yeah. <laughs> so um yeah, it's it's good that way. I mean, I run into lots of breakdowns. Oh yeah. Right? You get guys that broke down, this and that, and they wave you down and need parts or get a hold of you somehow.
0: I guess Um, that is the scary thing of being a, and and not in your situation, well, also in your situation, but I mean a less experienced, hey, I just bought a used boat. I'm going hunting up here not knowing the parts and pieces of it and stuff and not knowing that you're in the middle of nowhere. You're not calling up the automotive shop to shuttle you out some parts. Yeah.
2: That's the other thing is guys, like when you gotta pay to play, yep, right? A lot of guys get up there and they're like, well, you know we this year i i retrieved a couple sunken boats, and it can be done. I mean I whether it's insurance or somebody just wants to pay whatever it, it is what it is, but there's it's a huge liability when I'm hooking my costly boat your boat that's now garbage basically yeah right and, and towing it home yeah um there's a lot of logistics involved and 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 whatnot to get it out but at the end of the day the biggest thing is the risk factor
0: yeah and these boats that are that you're hauling out are they what's sinking them inexperience or breakdowns or well
2: it's probably a mixture of both i mean the one one crew you i mean you'll never well they'll never know their boat died on them um i'm predicting that it was a fuel pump issue and when you're loaded and you're on a tight river get that thing to shore yep tie it off yep um i don't anybody that's ever been in any kind of a jet boat or a canoe for that matter (laughs) um if you think paddling a canoe is challenging (laughs) you don't stand a chance in a in a in a a 13 foot jet boat yeah you know, let alone a nineteen or a twenty foot jet boat. Yeah. You're not paddling
1: it. What about the guys in the sea do? Remember that? Oh. <laughs> the first year I had it. What were we we were up there together? I don't know what it was the day I came up to meet you and Marsha. <laughs> and I, I... Jason says, I just saw the weirdest thing. <laughs> I'm like, what did you, what did you see? And he goes, I don't know how to explain it. <laughs> I'm like, well It was it was a boat.
2: With a sea doo dropped in it.
0: So you sit and steer in the middle, and it's got a boat around it. Yeah, an aluminum boat or an inflatable. Aluminum. Uh, yeah, like a
1: uh, yeah sixteen foot. Yeah. So <laughs> And two, two guys sitting
2: scow. tandem like this. You know, the driver was like this, and, and the other guy was cuddling sitting on the sea doo. Like it was, it was weird, and I just ran into them, and and they had asked if if they could follow me and. Lots of guys do. Lots of guys ask, can I follow
0: you? And we're talking more the Tshodi, where we're talking windy corners. Uh,
2: some guys on the musquaw Okay. Right? If, you know, yeah, the upper gets pretty hairy. Yeah, okay. It, so they, I tell them that you're more than welcome to start, but I don't look back. If and, you can't I'm, keep I'm, up, I'm, that's on I'm, you. I'm working. Yep. I'm doing my thing. If you feel uneasy or whatever, or if I start losing you, I'm sorry. Yep. Yeah. Right. Unfortunately you're not a paying customer. yep I you know if you have a mechanical issue, I'll stop on my way back. Yeah. <laughs> but on the way there I'm dealing with my clients
0: looking forward right
2: so yep. That being said, I have been left stranded once every year that I've owned it. <laughs> <laughs> on my uh, first two years it was on my own and last year I had clients with me and I'm going up to musqua and I broke a steering cable. And I looked over at my hunters and and I said, I think we just broke a steering cable. And he goes, what? And I just went zing with the steering wheel. (laughs) (laughs) And it just sat there and spun and we just cruised up. And we, uh, I kind of, a little bit of luck and I'm going to say a little bit of experience. I just kind of, I came off my throttle and the nozzle had me pointed to the right just a hair. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And when I dropped my reverse bucket, it had turned me. And I idled up, and then it uh, it backed me into a bank. But with the Hamilton pump, was gracious, it was enough that it held me there. Yep. And one of my hunters got back out onto the swim grid, onto shore. Yeah. And while the boat was running, staying there, I jumped up on the bow and got my bow line, and I threw it to him. I said, if you don't know knots, tie lots. <laughs> <laughs> so he t- tied a whole bunch of knots, and I just kind of took the throttle off. And the boat just—it went from being in the bank like this and come around and nice and sat there and and then I'm on the phone on my in reach yeah right because I make a habit I clip mine on my hip yeah because at least then if I, the boat goes down or something I have
0: communication. Well, and that we've heard that a couple times when we had Robbie Austin who got attacked mauled by the grizzly bear that was one of his fatal mistakes. As he said, we had one in reach between the two of us. And we were 40 yards apart. And when he got mauled first and then I got mauled and it had stroked out, couldn't move, couldn't crawl over. He's like, I thought he was dead. Yeah. And I couldn't get over to him to send a message. So this is where I'm going to die because I didn't spend the 550 bucks myself to have one too. Yeah.
2: Yeah. So so it's, it's clipped on my belt loop all day long. Yep. Do it at the boat launch and I take it back off of the boat launch and I got on the phone and I have a very... Very good network of people Yep. with jet boats that are yep. capable of coming to help. <laughs> and we went home that
0: day with no steering. <laughs> so Left the boat there, jumped no, in with someone else. Uh,
2: that particular day, um, I had enough time to kind of get the boat ready and did some problem solving. Yeah. And I'm already on the phone trying to get parts and pieces shipped from here and there and who's got what. Yeah what's available and and uh the motor ran fine everything ran fine i just had no steering right so i know as as somebody that's done multiple tow jobs if the boat behind you can help it makes it a lot easier yeah so when he got there i had put my nozzle as straight as i could get it from being inside the boat yep and when i got him hooked up he turned me and when we were ready to pull on step, I just put my boat at like two thousand RPM. To help him. To help him pull. Yeah. So it was a very odd feeling after putting hundreds of thousands of hours on a jet boat and they steer in the back.
1: Ah. Uh, right? you yeah. swing. Yeah. So, yeah. And now
2: you're pulling from the front. Yeah. So you're going into a corner and he's already done his swing, but now you're like yank <laughs> and away you go turning, right? So yep. it was it was different. It was it was like, Oh, okay. And um it took me. I did a, I, the way I steered was I ran from side, of the boat. <laughs> just wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just yeah. trying to keep it in his wake and whatnot, yeah. and then and then I'd get back on the throttle and and I had the, and I had the opportunity to keep the rope tight, right. So when we come down, you could come off. I could drop my bucket, and it was just enough of a drag that, that I wasn't gaining on him, but yeah. he, and he was still pulling me. Yeah. Right. And, and that's a, that's a huge thing when, when you're dealing with moving water is if he, if he has a hundred percent control, it just makes it that much easier. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. But yeah, no, he pulled us down and I, uh, I just happened to have another boat available and your
1: loving <laughs> wife was towing that up. I yeah. just saw it was going down. Yeah.
2: <laughs> My wife is on her way to Fort Nelson with our other boat and, and, uh, the hunters, uh, I paid for a, a hotel room <laughs> for another night and got them up to their hunting area the next day. So it happens. I mean at the end of the day it's their mach- it's machinery. Yep. Right? It's, it's yeah. it's gonna happen to everybody. And you got two boats,
0: right? Three.
2: Three. Three. Okay. Yeah. So I got two two big ones. I bought um the previous owner's big boat off of him and I had a big boat and then I've got the little sport jet console that stays up there so a lot of that's actually one of the common questions are like if the water drops are you going to be able to get me out and And with the sport jet that's where the sport jet comes in you know like sometimes i got to make multiple trips to get their camp back to the big boat yeah but i'll get you out yeah it might take instead of being a uh an eight hour day on the water it's it's a 10 or 11 hour day yeah right you know but it's it's always doable yeah and i i tell guys first week of october I, after that, freeze-up happens whenever up here, right? Yeah. It could be the third week of October, but I can't guarantee that. Nope. That'd be the dream job is the weatherman. I could lie to you every day <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and still get paid. Yeah,
0: exactly. <laughs> so so if people want to reach out to you, what's the best way to get a hold of
2: you? Um, best way is probably through email, riverjetadventures at gmail.com. Okay. Um, we'll put that up on the screen. And then... There, we we do have a Facebook page and a website. It's it's all on there as well. Um, I try to keep a thread with guys, right? And then usually the odd phone conversation because areas you call one, you call this spot yeah. huh. dead dog and another guy calls it Gatho Creek and another guy calls it whatever, yeah. first creek and second creek. And it's like, all right, what are we talking about here?
0: google earth let's yeah. get google earth out yeah. and yeah. i've
2: had groups that you know we get going and they're like well this is where we're going i'm like no you said we were going here I'm like well yeah this is what we call it i'm like well no that's this, here that's here yeah and it's i try to make the best i do it's yeah it's a big game of chess up there yeah right i i give the resident hunters with their own boats the same respect that i ask for my clients
0: and have you had that where your client has a spot picked and when you pull up there, there's already a big camp set up there from residence? Or?
2: I'm usually up and down enough that I know already. Okay. Right? I'm at the boat launch. I know how many boats are there. Yep. I kind of know, I got a feel of where people are. Yep. Um, so I kind of usually have a pretty good idea yeah. already. Yep. Um. But I have had an area where I rolled into camp and we. I start... Puff one of my guys' gear out and they're all done and you know, I'm kinda of giving the here you go, this is your this is your spot and a boat rolled in and pulled in right behind mine, same camp spot, and and asked if if my guys were staying there. And I was like, Yep, yeah, this is where they want to camp. And then he turns around, he goes downstream about two, three hundred yards, and starts setting up camp. So I I rolled in and I I asked him to respect my guys the same as I would if he was there first. Yep. Right. I I always have plan A and B with my groups, and I always have plan C in my head. Yep. Right. Because there's always stuff around. Yep. Right. So, um, and and it's not just hunters. It's if if I know two elk have come out of a draw, I'm not going to put you there to go elk hunting. No. Yep. You're just going to chase grizzly bears. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it comes to sheep hunting. If, if you know a guy's got a double header in here um nobody's going in there again yep nope. right that's that's me just saying you know what leave it alone yeah
0: um, let know. them grow up a little bit in there.
2: Well, normally um, bands of rams they don't start moving towards the end of the year so you know that they might have seen five or six bands of rams yeah and usually you can guarantee that a couple of one or two of those bands probably didn't have anything legal in it yeah right younger ram just hanging out doing their thing and and if they took a legal ram out of two of the other ones the odds are there might be yeah another one but i just leave it alone yeah yeah so
0: awesome yeah thank you very much for coming in guys is there anything else that you guys want to throw out there for our listeners and viewers before we sign off no, I'm good. Everything's about <laughs> about uh, RiverJet Adventures River Jet. That, that customers might ask.
2: I, you know what I tell everybody? Just feel free to call any questions. It's I I talk it all day, every yeah. day. It's
0: Like we'll, I said, it's 12 months a year. We'll post your links to your pages, your email address. I'll grab the phone number that you want posted, and we'll put all that on the video, but we'll also put links... Um, on the spotify description we can put
1: oh, man, like social media yeah
0: we, like we can do some social media posts to, yeah. to push this out as
1: well so yeah i just thought of something what's that sheep secrets are like buttholes <laughs> everyone has them <laughs> and sometimes they stink <laughs> <laughs> that's all i gotta say about that it's a yeah, good end a good yeah. <laughs> i just thought of that now
0: It's a, i like it mm-hmm. thank it's you words yeah. of wisdom mm-hmm. from john got. stewart we should write a book. Yeah. <laughs> Adventures of the Musquee. Yeah, the Musquee. be
1: careful of the Musquees when you're up there. Yeah. The wee people of the Musqua are real. We've seen them. <laughs> yep. Is there an
0: open season on them? <laughs> Not yet. <Yeah. laughs> All right. Well, thanks again for coming in. And if you uh, know of anyone that you think would be a good um, guest on Hunt Hard Talk Free, shoot us a message on social media and we'll line it up. Thanks for tuning in.